of trailer style smokers, not, I'm sorry, not elementary, the, the middle school, I saw a, a whole line of, of, uh, of smokers, like trailer style smokers, just billowing smoke. And I said to myself, mm, somebody's going to be eating good. Well, the next day, one of those Boston butts appeared uh, at my door. Evidently, my neighbor, I think I'm saying this right, my neighbor had uh, a, someone on the volleyball team, and they were doing it for the volleyball team, and some of your schools do that as well. But as soon as I walked in the door, I mean, I, I walked in the door, opened the door, and I was like, I could smell it. I didn't even cook at my house, but there's something, there's something about smoked meat just, just, that just leaves, leaves this aroma that just spreads across everything. Some of you who have smokers know what I'm talking about. Uh, just in the past two years, I've started to smoke meat, and uh, I really enjoy the way that it tastes. But there's a catch. It takes a long time. I mean, you put a Boston butt in the smoker or ribs or whatever it might be, and it just takes a, it takes a long time. It's a long process of waiting for it to cook properly. But when you do it right, it is oh so good. I mean, can I get a witness in this place? I mean, it is oh so good. And I believe that that is a, that is a, that is a good example of how our relationship with Jesus has to be. We can't just rush into God's presence and expect Him to bless us immediately. I said this last week, I'll probably say it some more. God's, God's not just like some drive-through dispenser of blessings where we just kind of pull up and God, you know, slings His blessings out and then we just hurry, um, hurry upon our life. To spend time with Jesus and to be close to Him, it takes time. And that's what, uh, talking about these spiritual disciplines, I started this series last week. If we're going to engage in these spiritual disciplines, it is going to take a lot of time. It's going to be a process, like I talked about last week, of slowing down our soul. Last week, I looked at Psalm chapter 131. Uh, Psalm 131 talks about how we need to slow ourselves down, slow our souls in a way to where whenever we come into God's presence privately, read His Word and pray, that we can actually get something out of it. Because there, there's, something about, there's something about hurrying into God's presence and then hurrying away from God that just, that just doesn't work. I mean, just, just try it in your own spiritual life. Just try to squeeze God into your busy schedule and just, you know, read a verse of Scripture in like 30 seconds and then just run throughout your day. Maybe sometimes that's all you can do, but if that's all you do consistently every day, all day for all your life, you're not going to have an intimacy with the Lord. After all, that's how relationships work. Relationships take time. Relationships have to be something that we slow down, give attention to. And if, and if that's true for our relationships with people in this world, certainly that's true with our relationship with God. But spiritual disciplines, these are the practices and the habits that have to be true about your life if you're going to be close to Jesus. And you will not be godly, you will not live godly, you will not share an intimate, close relationship with Jesus unless you practice these spiritual disciplines. And, and, and here they are. Here are the primary spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about in this series. Now, your life group curriculum that you're going to talk about, that, that you're going to be looking at next week, uh, calls them core disciplines. I, I, I like that term too. Core disciplines, primary spiritual disciplines. These are the things that you do in private. These are the things that you do in secret just between you and God. And if you're not doing these things, 
you are not going to have power for godly living, and you're not going to feel a closeness and an intimacy uh, with, uh, with God. So I, talked, uh, I, I went through these last week, but uh, I mean, these are the ones that we really want to focus on. Meditating on Scripture, reading it, studying, memorizing it, internalizing the Word of God. This is something that you have to do privately by yourself, not just when you're at church. Praying, and not just any type of praying. The Bible tells us in the New Testament specifically how to pray. We pray according to God's Word, and we pray according to God's will. This is a discipline, something that we have to learn and practice and habit. Fasting, I'm going to have a whole sermon just on fasting because I believe this is one of the spiritual disciplines that we tend to shy away from the most or we think that it's only for people who are spiritual or we find it a little too difficult. This one is not as common as, as the other four core disciplines. But this last one, and I've lumped a lot into this last one, silence, solitude, and I'm even just going to call it Sabbath, from earthly responsibilities and the busyness of this life. If, if you don't have this, if you don't do this last one, you'll never be able to do uh, the, the three previous ones with any type of depth or with any type of success. These four combined really form a core basis of your personal relationship with Jesus. They form the core practices and habits and interactions and things that you do privately with God. But these are not all of them, and I, and I showed these to you last week. There's also, I just call them some secondary disciplines or additional disciplines, and there can even be more than these, and there can be different ways of listing these. But these are just a few that I'll show to you. Uh, simplicity with earthly possessions, uh, giving to others and to God's work. Uh, there's a discipline there that we have to have with these things. Uh, service to God and to others. Yes, whenever you volunteer in the preschool area, when you sign up to go on a mission trip, whenever you share the gospel with your neighbor, you are engaging in a part of discipline, a habit, and a practice that's important for us. And of course, we can never forget worship and fellowship with God's people. Can you imagine your personal relationship with Jesus apart from your corporate connection to God's people? I just, I can't even imagine that. If, if I would not have been here today to witness these baptisms, then there would be something that would be completely missing out of my personal spiritual life because I, I won't be able to share in the joy of what God is doing with others around me. It's the way that God has designed it to work. So these are important, and they're not easy. These are not easy. I've never known a person of prayer that said, oh, it's easy to pray. It's no problem. Yeah. Well, how did you learn to pray? I don't know. It just came natural. I've never known a person that fasted and practiced fasting, especially for any length of time, that said, oh, it's easy. It's simple. No problem. They're hard. They're difficult. They take discipline. They take grit. And this morning, I want to deal with the primary excuse 
for why people typically don't practice the spiritual disciplines or the, the primary excuse that people usually give. I mentioned it last week, and it's going to be obvious to you the primary excuse that people will give when they say, I don't read my Bible or pray or spend time in solitude and silence or fasting. The primary reason I don't do these things is because I don't have, I don't have time. And don't we use that as an excuse for everything that we don't want to do? If you, if you say, if somebody wants you, oh, I just, I just don't think I have time, or I've just been really busy. This is an excuse, partly, that may be accurate. There may be some of you here today that you are saying, oh, man, you don't understand about my time. I am extremely, really, really busy, and I, and I, I believe it. We're a busy culture. But partly... This really is just an excuse for laziness and a lack of desire to do these things. So I want to deal with this excuse. The Bible says a lot about time and how we should use it. And I think it's important that we hear from God's Word. And there's lots of verses that we could look at today. But there's really just two short verses that I, that I want to read this morning. These two verses are verses that God has used in my personal life. And this is a sermon that God has preached at me in my quiet times more than once using these verses. And I, re I really hope that these verses and the content that I'm going to give to you today, I hope that they are as convicting to you as they have been to me. And I hope that they are as encouraging and transformational to you uh, as they have been to me in the past. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to talk about making the best use of of time, making the best use of time. All of us use time. All of us are going to spend the exact same amount of time on any given day, on any given week. So how, by looking at the spiritual disciplines, how can we make the best use of time? Stand with me. Two verses, two very short verses. I, I, I feel like I need to give you a little context uh, to these verses. I don't want to just I don't want to just pull them out of thin air. But basically what the apostle Paul is saying is he's he's warning the church at Ephesus about certain things. He's warning them about sexual immorality and impurity and covetousness and filthiness and foolish jaw talk and crude joking or things that are immoral or impure and all sorts of things that will bring the wrath of God. He's warning them about the dangers of these things. These things that if we're not careful will begin to consume our hearts, consume our energy, and consume our time. And so he says, in, these, in, in verse 15 and verse 16, he says, look carefully. Look carefully. Pay close attention. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. I find it interesting, you didn't say make the best use of time, but making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Father, today would you enlighten your people today about whatever it is that they need to hear. God, different people here today need to hear different things because they're different people. Lord, would you, 
Would you speak to them all and tell them, Lord, what you would, what you would need for them to hear today? And would you do it through these verses? Would you, would you bless your people today through these verses in the same way that you have blessed me in the past, personally through these verses? Lord, these verses that have made their way into my private journal, these, these, these verses that helped, have personally helped me to change some habits and practices. God, would you, would you also help these people or this sermon that you preached to me? Would you preach it to them? And I just offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So, look carefully then how you walk. It's the first thing that he says. Look carefully how you walk. You know, the older I get, the more that I have to kind of pay attention to where I walk. Uh, I never will forget years ago um, whenever I was on staff at a church and I, I got up on stage to, uh, to do a prayer and I was wearing these really, really slick uh, wingtip shoes. You know, this is back when this is back when that's this is back whenever preachers dressed up right, coat and tie suit. And I had these really slick shoes on, and I did a prayer, and I went to walk down, and I slipped. I slipped on that first step, and I didn't just slip on that first step. I slipped on the first step, and I caught myself with this foot, and then I slipped on the second step, and I slipped down every single step, but I was a very spry individual back then, and so uh, I didn't actually fall to the ground, but it was, it was pretty funny, and uh, we actually had it on video. And just the other night, uh, I almost tripped going into NHC, uh, a, a building over, over here uh, uh, close, to the, close to the bank. Y'all know where NHC is. And um, the, the, it was dark, and the street cap was a little bit different in the way that it butted up against to the sidewalk. And so it was perfectly flush. As you walked, it was perfectly flush on one side, but it had just this it had just this little lip, you know, and I guess the older I get, the more I start to shuffle my feet. And I, man, I, tri I tripped on that thing, and I, I'm, I'm still kind of a spry individual sometimes in my own mind. And I, I just barely caught myself uh, before I hit the ground. And then I laughed at myself because I knew if Kelly would have been around, she would have totally laughed at me for tripping. She does that, you know. If you fall and trip around her, she's going to laugh at you because she finds those things funny. And I find them funny too. And I almost cracked up laughing at myself. And I looked around. You know how whenever you trip, you do something that's funny. You make sure, you know, you kind of you kind of play it off. You know, make sure nothing happened. You know, you kind of make sure that nobody saw you. Um, I, I, that's, that came to my mind uh, about you know, taking careful attention how you walk. Except in the Bible right here, when the Bible talks about walk, it's, it's not necessarily talking about literally how you walk per se, but how you live. We understand that metaphor, right? How you live. Here's uh, a couple of other examples. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Uh, he talks about living up to the, to, to the righteousness that is required by the law. And he says uh, the way that you do that is you've got to walk a certain way, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This is how you live your life, not how you walk across the room. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says the same thing. Walk by the Spirit. And so what the Word of God says is be careful, look carefully how you walk. It's a dark world. Be very carefully, uh, be care, very careful, pay attention. Don't be careless in how you live your life. 
open your eyes. You don't want to be careless in the things that you do. And, and that, that's how we engage in this. Well, excuse me, that's one of the things that the spiritual disciplines help us to do. When we read the Bible and pray, it helps us to look carefully and pay attention to how we walk, to how we live our lives. And I'm going to apply this to our use of time because that's what he does. Except in the Word of God, Paul, uh, in the Word of God, doesn't apply it in this hard and fast, like you have to do this with your time, or you must do that with your time, and it's wrong to do this with your time, and it's right to do that with your time. Rather, what he says is, he says, look carefully how you live your life, make the best use of time. But he uses a word I think is important. He says, not as unwise but as wise. Now that, that kind of stuck out to me whenever I read this. Because like I said at the earlier part of this message, in chapter 5 he talks about all sorts of things that we need to avoid, like sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, filthiness, foolish talk, and a lot of different things in the chapter. He's saying, hey, be careful, look carefully, Avoid those things. Don't trip in this, in this dark world. Don't trip over these things. But what he doesn't say, and, and I find this interesting, what he doesn't say is walk in obedience, not in disobedience. I mean, after all, that would, that would be pretty easy to do. They say, no, no, we got some hard and fast rules about these things. Rather, he says, no. You need to be wise, you need to be wise in how you walk and how you live and ultimately how you use your time. So when I was on, when I was on sabbatical, um, I went to Vine Branch Community Church here in town and uh, Pastor Keith Tosh, was, uh, well, he's preaching through Proverbs. And uh, man, I've never preached through Proverbs. And so I was really hanging on his sermon and the way that he handled the text was so great. And I started thinking, man, I want to, I want to preach through, Pro maybe I need to go get his notes and get his, his outline. I can, I won't really do that. I'm just teasing. Um, but, uh, uh, but I thought, man, that's really good. And I, I thought, well, maybe I might preach through Proverbs, but Proverbs is a great book for families to do family devotions. And so we've been going through Proverbs as a family and reading through Proverbs. And man, it is, it, it is, it is, it had some, some great, uh, great conversation uh, among us and the kids. And there's something about God's wisdom, something about wisdom. You see, wisdom isn't like, I'm going to do exactly what's right. And I'm going to stay away from things that are exactly what's wrong. If that's the only thing that you're doing within your Christianity, you haven't gone very far in it. Eventually, as you begin to practice the spiritual disciplines, and as you begin to walk with God, hopefully your life, you've purified your life to a point that it's not just the blatant sins of Scripture, that you're, you've left those behind. Now God is fine-tuning you, just like an AM radio that most of you here have never, ever seen before. Um, he's he's fine-tuning you, and it's not you don't so much live in a world of, hey, I need to do right and not do wrong, as much as you have to say, okay, I know what's right, I know what's wrong, I know what the Bible says, how can I in wisdom apply what God's Word says to my situation, specifically how we use our time. 
You see, I can't give you a hard and fast rule and command from Scripture, this is how God says you must use each hour per day. We don't really have that. In fact, we don't have that in a lot of areas of life. We don't have a hard and fast command. We just have to take God's Word and say, okay, Lord, how can I apply in wisdom what you say, what is right? And, of course, the Holy Spirit leads us and helps us do that. And so there's all kinds of examples I could get. I, I could give, like, you know, uh, is it right or wrong to date this person? Oh, well, I mean, it's not a matter of right or wrong. Maybe it's wisdom. Is it right or wrong to see a PG-13 movie or a rated R movie? Well, uh, why do we have to look at it and right it wrong? What is, is it wise or is it unwise? Uh, people would say, well, it's, you know, that won't be all this stuff about beverage alcohol. I say, well, let's, let's talk about wisdom, what's wise. And we don't have to look at it from right and wrong. Is it wise or is it not wise? Or how about this one? Missing Sunday and Wednesday nights for kids' sports. People say, well, it's not wrong to miss church every Well, I mean, but is it wise? It's not a matter of right and wrong, but is it wise? And I could keep going with a lot of different examples we would say it's, it's not a measure, matter of right and wrong, it's a matter of is it wise. So how can we in wisdom use our time correctly? How can we apply that truth? Because this is what he says in verse 16. Verse 16, making the best use of the time. Making the best use of the time. Look carefully at how you're using your time. Use wisdom in how you're using your time. God is worthy of your time. He's worthy of it. Well, he's really worthy of all of it. But he is worthy of the best and most energetic part of your time that you have to offer him. We don't just say, oh Lord, I'm just completely worn out from the day, but I'm just going to drift off into oblivion sitting in my chair as I try to spend time with you. That's, that's not how we develop a relationship. God is, he is worthy of our time. He's worthy of our attention. And we have to carefully look at how we're using that time. Why is it? Because we're stewards of time. This is the biggest excuse that we use for while we don't use, uh, while we don't engage in the spiritual disciplines. And for some of us, we see this verse, and I can just hear the, the time managers in you. All you type A top producers. I, I, I can just, I can, I can feel it coming in you, uh, it can, coming out of you. You see that verse and you think, okay, that means I squeeze as much productivity out of every moment and every second of every day that I possibly can. Now that may be what your boss wants and that may be how your boss interprets this, this, this verse. That may even be what you want, to squeeze all the productivity that you can out of it. This is not what your Lord wants. God wants us to use our time wisely and to the point of spiritual disciplines, we have to make a wise use of our time so that we can properly have a relationship with Jesus privately. So how do we do this? You change your spending habits. 
Not your money spending, but your time spending. You, 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 change, you change your spending habits. You look at all the things that you do, and you say, okay, are these a wise use of my time? Just, just like we do with our money. We would look at our money and we would say, is this a wise use of the money that God has given to me to spend? We do the same thing with our time. Is it a wise usage? And I guarantee you, you can find things. If you did a time study of your life, if you did a time study of your life, you could find some things where you could say, you know what, it would be a wiser use of my time to read my Bible and pray than it would be to engage in that activity. For example, I, listen, I have so many hobbies that I love that I can't even, I can't even there's no way that one man could, could, could practice all the hobbies that I enjoy. I have long since given up golf and fishing and other things that, man, if I had time, I would, I would do a lot of that stuff. And I'm constantly, it's, and you can just ask Kelly, I constantly have this temptation to want to add hobbies to my life. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, John Weekly showed me how to make uh, some homemade country sausage. And I thought, mmm, so good. Well, he showed me his smokehouse, and he had he. I bet he had. I bet he had twenty uh, uh, twenty country hams. And I thought, man, now that would be a fun hobby. Learning how to learning how to make country ham. It is so easy for me to add things to my life that I enjoy doing or that I'm that that I would like. It's just so easy for me to do. But you know, I've, I've, in my own life, I'd say, is it, is it a wise use of my time? And do I have enough time to spend with my family if I do this? Do I have enough time to nurture my kids? Do I have enough time to read my Bible? Is it my still leaving enough time to do what I need to do to get my responsibilities in life done? We have to do a time study in a lot of different areas of our life. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you did a time study of your life, it would reveal that you have time to spend with God. How about this? Here's a, a time study that was done by the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. Here's a quote. I'm not going to bore you with, with all of this. This is for 2022. In 2022, other than sleep, the only thing that Americans did more than work was engaging in leisure and sports. The most popular leisure activity was watching television, which the average person spent nearly three hours per day doing. Now think about that. TV, let's call them screens and sports, that comprises the majority of the extra time that Americans have and they're choosing to spend it. Now, we're not talking about sleep. They're choosing to spend it, their extra time, on leisure and on sports and on watching TV. What, what, if, what if you did a personal time study in your life? Well, i tell you what. Why don't we do one right quick? Y'all want to do a time study right quick? I want everyone to reach in your pocket or your purse and I want you to take out your phone, all right? Some of you are looking at me. People in the first service didn't want to participate in this. We'll wait. If you can't find it, we'll wait, all right? I want you to take out your cell phone. All right, hold it up. 
Hold it up. When you got it, hold it up. All right, we, st- we have a few non-participants or maybe wise people who left their cell phones at home. Now, I want to I take you through a little exercise, a little time study. Now, this is only for you Apple users. I, I, I can't help you Android losers, I mean users. <laughs> but I want you to go to your settings. If you, if, you have a, if you have an iPhone, I want you to go to your settings, all right? It looks like a little cog icon. It's gray. Go to your settings. I want you to click settings. All right. Now I want you to go down about, I don't know, eight or ten bars to where it says screen time. Okay. All of a sudden, all, I got the attention of all the young people in the room. Like all of the young people, like, ooh, screens. Go to where it says screen time and click on screen time. All right, you're going to see immediately at the top, you're going to see your daily average. Now, you started a new week, so you can go back to the, the previous week if you want to. You're going you're gonna to see it's going to show you your daily average. Now, right down here, I know you can't see my phone, it says, see all activity. All the youth on the front row are already competing with one another. I can see it right now. See all activity, okay? Click where it says see all activity. And then I want, you to, I want you to click to where it says day. And if you scroll up a little bit, this little bar appears. All right, and let's just look at yesterday. Some of you old people are lost. Let's just look at yesterday, all right? So my average, my average yesterday was two hours and 13 minutes. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you in advance. This was, a, this was a, quote, good day for me when it comes to screen time. In other words, my screen time could potentially have been a lot higher. Two hours and 13 minutes. Now, if you scroll down, it tells you what you were doing on that screen. All right? So for me, I spent 30 of my two hours and 13 minutes, I spent 30 minutes on maps. So I did some driving yesterday. 22 minutes on messages. That's usually pretty low for me. A lot of times I'll, I'll use more than that for messages. 21 minutes on Facebook. Pride goes for, before fall, but I'm kind of proud of that number. Only 21 minutes on Facebook. 15 minutes on my camera, because I took some videos last night of some of these students busting a move. All right. Uh, 13 minutes on an app uh, uh, for Lee, which is our church app, nine minutes on my search engine, on Safari, nine minutes. That's really low for me, usually. Four minutes on Duolingo. I'm trying to learn Spanish. You see what I'm getting at here? For some of you, I just found hours and hours and hours worth of time. What if, what if you could look and see how much prayer time you spent yesterday. I had a hundred, I picked up my phone 100 times yesterday, which was, which was kind of low for me. I've had a lot, a lot worse days. Look on there and see how many times you actually picked up your phone. Just the, and that's the number of times that you unlocked your screen. I guarantee you some of you probably picked up your phone 500, maybe even more times than that. Can you imagine 
if five, let's just go with my number from yesterday, a hundred times, if a hundred times yesterday, I just prayed to God for one minute. I mean, if you just took one of those categories, one, one area of social media, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or one app, you could just find one app on your phone and see how much time you've spent on just that one device and you have probably found a whole lot of time that you could have been spending in prayer. And listen, this is just one device. Uh, how many of y'all have gaming consoles? How many of you dinosaurs still have actual TVs in your house that you watch? I still have a TV in my house. Computers, desktop, iPads. We have these things. Look, I got an iPad right there. We've got these screens are everywhere. You can't vote without a screen. You, you go to McDonald's now and they want you to punch on that screen. They're everywhere. And I, I, I personally believe this is one of those things. There's good and bad. There's no right or wrong here. There's wise and there's unwise. How are you using your time? If you are spending two hours per day looking at Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or a news app or a sports app, if you're spending all that time on your phone per day, you cannot look at, you may be able to look at me and your friends and lie and say you don't have time to read your Bible. But God knows you have the time. The scripture tells us to make the, the best use of the time. We've got to change our spending habits. What's it, I mean, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what's important to us? Your time and your money are going to tell it. What you spend time on captures yourself, your energy, and your attention. And I'm so glad that Jesus took the time to come and live on this earth and die on a cross for my sins. I'm glad he wasn't too busy, too preoccupied, that he took that time. You know what else? You know what else I'm glad? I praise the Lord that he always has time for me. He always has time for me. Anytime I want to pick up that scripture and read it, anytime that I want to pray to him, he is, he is always available. He always has time for me. Are you making the best use of the time in your life? Listen, screens are just one area. Hobbies, work. What if you did a time, what if you did a time study with your work? Are you working too much? You're a workaholic? Are you a hobbyaholic like I am? We all have those things, those idols in our life. Are you a sportsaholic? Make the best use of the time. Jesus is worthy of it. And if you don't give it to him, if you don't practice the spiritual disciplines, you're not going to be close to him. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. You talk to the Lord and you ask him what you feel like that you need to do. What is the wise thing that you need to do with your time. Don't live self-righteously by saying, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, God, am I being wise with my time? And there could be some of you here today that would say, you know what? I have never spent 
any time, personal time, private time, alone with Jesus ever. Not even one moment. Because you've never been saved. You've never called upon his name. If that's where you are today, I want you to take some time. And I just want you to talk to him about it. I want you to ask yourself, do you really want a relationship with Jesus? Do you really want a relationship with God? Are you just kind of pulling up through the church drive through hoping that a blessing will get thrown out at you? It's not how Christianity works. You must give yourself over to God. You have to give your heart, and you have to give your time. 